God bless you and welcome to New Vision Podcast. Our message today is being delivered by our senior pastor, Will Pena. God bless you and enjoy. Amen. All right, so if you were here last Sunday or if you've been following us on social media, if you don't, please pull out your phones and find on Instagram or on Facebook, I am New Vision. And go ahead and follow us. Give us a follow. Um, or also you can download our app. Uh, the messages are loaded there. Uh, you're able to stay connected with what we're doing. Everything that we do is uh, either in our app or our website. So come on, show some love. Hit some likes. Yeah, share. Share with your friends. And um, just let's just spread the, the, uh, the gospel of Christ. And if you were here last Sunday, like I was saying, uh, we started a new series titled Waymaker. Was this a blessing for you last Sunday in any way? Because I was texting with people during the week that had a lot of questions, good questions, but that told me that it was challenging them. And they were researching, and I always tell you guys, everything that's being preached from this altar, go home and read your word on it. Don't take my word for it. Go and read your word. A lot of people... In churches say, oh, you know, I'm not growing, I'm not growing there, I'm not growing here. I'm like, are you reading your word at home? The church's job is not to grow you. The only three people I got to grow are Mason, Micah, what's the other guy? And Shiloh. uh, Shiloh, Micah, and Mason. Those are the ones that I got to, you know, help them grow. But you grow when you spend time in the word of God. And if you're finding yourself that you're not growing, more than likely, there's a deficiency in the time that you spend with the Lord. And, you know, Waymaker is such a personal series for me because as we write these series, we want to make sure that these are things that we have been processed through. Like I told you guys, I don't know if I said it in the Spanish service last week, but this series, I wrote it towards the beginning of last year, but the Lord didn't allow me to preach it because he wanted me to preach it now. I don't know if I wasn't ready. I don't know if the church wasn't ready, but I was like waiting for the time. Man, I got to the Waymaker. And Denise and Greg, they, they did this artwork a long time ago. This artwork was done, and it was like, what are we going to do, Waymaker? And I'm like, I'll let you know. And finally, you know, we were able to do Waymaker, and I believe it's been a blessing And I believe that today's message is going to challenge you even more. And this is a series that that speaks about God being the one that makes a way. But beyond that, I believe this is a series that is going to exercise our faith, challenge our faith, strengthen our faith. I want you to write this down because I uh, I didn't put these in the notes. But if you know, if you've been here when I'm preaching, I like people to take notes. Why? Because I want you to go home, read it, dig in the word and be like, oh, okay, pastor, wh- what does this mean? And, you know, I-, I like that. So go ahead and take notes. And this is something the Lord gave me. You see, uh, faith is the way God blesses us. Grace is the means. Faith is the way that God blesses us. But grace, grace is the means. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, that we are saved by grace through faith. By grace, 
through faith. So faith is the? I just said it 35 seconds ago. Faith is the? And grace is the? I'm, I'm going to say it again until you scream it back at me. In the back. Faith is the way? And grace is? In the back over here. Faith is? And grace? So I believe that during this series, God wants to strengthen our faith. And the Word of God says in Ephesians 3.20 that he can do much more than we can ever think or ever imagine. And I don't know about you, but I want to see those things. You know, um, there's a table of spiritual vitality, and the table in number, it's a, it's a table from 1 to 10, and I'll preach on that some, some point there is this year, but number four or five is called holy discontent. And holy, what holy discontent is, is yes, I'm happy I'm saved, I'm grateful I'm saved, I'm grateful that I'm going to heaven, but I believe there's so much more. That's what I called holy discontent, meaning thank you, Jesus. Thank you because I'm not, I'm not going to eternal hell. Thank you for salvation, but there's got to be more. There's got to be more to this than I'm going to heaven. I believe that eternal life begins here. I, be I believe that eternal life begins when you say, Jesus, you're my Savior. Now you start walking in the supernatural God. And Jesus said it himself. He said, greater things than the ones I did, you will do. And I'll ask you again, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen some of those things and I want to see some of those things. He said it because we have access to it. The Bible says that the very same power that resurrected Christ from the dead is within you today. And the passage, the passage that we're going to read today may be familiar to you if you've been around church or if you've um, read your word or if you've heard a message online. It is very possible that you've come across this uh, passage, and I'm very grateful that the Lord is going to allow me to preach it today. It's out of the book of Luke. Everyone say Luke. Luke. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke is one of the gospels in the New Testament. Luke was a doctor. And the Lord pulled them from that to do ministry. So I'm, you know, just this is for free. You don't have to pay me for this. But if you read all the Gospels, Luke's Gospel, the language that he uses is the most complicated out of the Gospels because this man, you know, in Spanish we would say, you know, he threw some pages to the left, which means that was, this was a man that was read. This was a man that had a, a, a lot of schooling in him. So he would speak proper or, you know, more proper than the other guys. So Luke chapter 5, you with me? Yes. You with me? Yes. All right, let's go. So one day, it's a story. I love how stories begin like that. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Hennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. People, it was a crowd. There was a lot of people. Jesus was doing miracles. Everybody wanted to, do, wanted to know what this rabbi was doing. So the crowd, they were crowding him. And Jesus, he saw at the water's edge two boats. Everyone say two. two. Look at your neighbor and say two. two. You got that? Two. Not one, but two. Okay, y'all gonna remember this at the end. How many boats? Two. Dos? <laughs> two boats left there by the fishermen. They were left there. 
who were washing their nets. Three, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Simon, you may know this character later in the word as Peter. But how many of us know that if Jesus gets on our boat, he will change our identity in such a way that people will have to call us something else? And maybe your physical name doesn't change, but maybe the label people have had over your life changes. So people no longer call them Simon. People call them Peter. And there's a significance to that, and that's not my message, so we'll stop. Number four, when he had finished speaking, in other words, he got into the boat, and I'll get into that later, without permission. He doesn't even know Simon. He hasn't called him yet. So he just got into the boat. Doesn't Jesus just show up in our lives sometimes without us? They're like, Jesus, I'm trying to do my own thing. He's like, oh, I want to get on your boat. It's the reason why you're here this morning. And when he had finished speaking, he said, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Verse 5, Simon answered, your little talk was good and all. You do the preaching, we do the fishing. Stay in your lane, preacher. Let us be the fishermen. This is what he says, master. In other words, he didn't call him fisherman. He said master, like stay to what you do. You preach and we reach. <laughs> master, we've worked all night. In other words, what, what are you talking about? We've worked all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Something I've understood is even if you do it pouting, obedience has a reward. Yeah. It's really quiet in this room. Even if you don't feel like it, if you do it, God will bless it. See, you don't have to feel like working out for your muscles to receive the blessing of you working out. You don't need to feel it to do it because this is what we need to do. We need to stop consulting our feelings for the things that we already know. See, because if we start consulting our feelings to worship him, our feelings are like, eh, my toe hurts. I can't worship. The homework is not for today. It's for tomorrow. That was last Sunday. If we consult our feelings, our feelings will tell us he's not good because I'm in this situation, but our knowledge what we know, that's why he talks about the renewal of the mind, because our minds need to understand he is who he is, even if I don't feel like it. God rewards obedience even if you're, may I say, pissed doing it. He says, because you say so, not because I want to. That's what the word says, right? He says, because, because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they, they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish <laughs> that their nets began to break. And I think that's, for now, good, a, a, a good platform for us to work. And I want you to look at your neighbor. And I want you to look at him and say, favorite neighbor. Come on, I, I want to hear you. Favorite neighbor. You are on the edge of a blessing. 
Come on, say it like you believe it. You are on the edge of a blessing. But before that, can I use your boat? And that's the title of my message today. Can I use your boat? I believe, because I am a testimony to this, that God keeps his greatest blessings for our lowest moments. I believe that in the moment that we are about to throw in the towel, that the boat is already in the dock, that we're washing the nets and picking up because we fished all night, I believe that the rabbi walks in and he saves his greatest blessings for our biggest moments of frustration. I believe that he walks in and makes a way where there is no way. I believe that when we seem to believe that every door is closed, he comes and he makes a way where it seemed that there was no way. And today I want to quickly give you what I call three elements of faith. I had six, but I had to trim it down because y'all would have walked out on me. Three elements of faith for the way maker to make a way. Three. How many boats? Two. How many elements? Three. Okay. Let's go with number one. Conditional miracles. Conditional miracles. And when I talk about conditional miracles, I talk about certain conditions that exist where God loves to operate miracles. See, there are certain conditions where it's more likely that you will experience the power of God. Now, don't misunderstand me. God is sovereign. He can do it when he wants to, where he wants to, how he wants to. But if you read scripture, there seems to be a pattern that when there's a spirit of expectancy, God is more likely to show up. See, write this down. This is not part of my notes, but expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Let me ask you, when you wake up in the morning on a Sunday, oh, you guys have a lot of time. <laughs> you guys get here later. But when you wake up in the morning and you take a shower, at least I hope so, and you get dressed, and you drive all the way here, what's your motivation? Do you walk out of your house with a spirit of expectancy? Do you walk out of your house expecting God to do something? See, if we read throughout scripture, men and women in which God show up, showed up, you could tell that they had a spirit of expectancy for God to do something. See, that's why God says if you have faith like the size of a mustard seed, you can sell this mountain to move and it will move. So what motivates you? Do you walk out of your house and be like, it's Sunday, so I guess, I guess I got to go to church. Or do you walk out expecting God to perform a miracle? Say, every time I turn on my car and I drive here for recharge, for services, I'm expecting God to do the supernatural because I know that's the breeding ground for miracles. He can do it 
But if I'm available and the ground is fertile and there's a spirit of expectancy in my heart, he'll say, Will, you're available. I can get on your boat. And uh, what's crazy is that they had fished all night. And, it doesn't, and, it, and doesn't it seem that way sometimes? In a relationship, we have fished all night. In our marriage, we fished all night. In my workplace, I fished all night. And, and the nets are empty. And it, they shouldn't be empty because I'm a fisherman by trade. So I know where to go. I know where to make money. Uh, I know what to tell my kids. I know what to tell my husband. I know how to have the perfect conversation. I know how to show this, uh, you know, smoke screen. But the nets are empty. The nets are empty. And what's crazy is, I'm just going to preach a little bit. Actually, teach a little bit. Um, the, the, what is it, the, uh, the lake of Gennesaret, the lake of Gennesaret in its original context is truly the Sea of Galilee. How many of you guys have heard that term before? Especially in Spanish, el mar de Galilea. The Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was, uh, is, actually, is still right now, is the, the largest portion of water around Jerusalem, and it has the lowest water. 18 of the 33 miracles that the Son of God did throughout the gospel of Christ, the, the gospel, are around the Sea of Galilee. That's where his greatest, uh, greatest things that we can remember from his ministry, 18 out of 33, more than half of the miracles. And that can seem like a coincidence to anyone, but I believe that God uses lowest points to teach us that there is power in the name of Jesus. And Peter is frustrated. Well, at this point, he's still Simon. He's frustrated because they've been fishing all night and nothing. And the people are frustrated. Go to verse 1, please. People were crowding around, but people were trying to get to Jesus. So let's, let's paint the picture here. You're tired. You're upset. You've been up all night fishing. Nothing. And now people are crowding. I would have been super annoyed. Anyone else would have been annoyed? Guys, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> no fish is over here. We've been fishing all night. And they're following, they're following Jesus. And I said this morning that if you have a problem with being in a place where there's a lot of people worshiping Jesus... You're going to have some trouble in heaven. If you don't like crowds, you got to work on that. <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of crowds in heaven. So what's crazy is that they want to listen to the word of God. Now, today you're listening to a man preach the word of God. They were listening to the word of God preach the word of God. Can you imagine? Today you're listening to an imperfect man attempting to preach the word of God. 
They were listening to the embodied word of God made flesh preaching the word of God. And actually in John 1, 1, it says in the beginning, uh, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were created. Without him, nothing of the created came into existence. So they were not listening to a man preach the word of God, man. They were listening to the word of God preach the word of God. And they're about to give up. They're about to throw in the towel. And Jesus said, it's not over until I say it's over. It is not finished until I say it's finished. And I believe that sometimes we feel the same way, if we were to be honest. Lord, try what? Again? Try to work it out again? Try to do it again? But I fished all night. That's cute. Your message is cute. People are following. That's cute. But... You just got here. I've been here all night. And you're asking me to what? To throw the nets again? And Jesus is saying, ye of little faith, don't you know that I created the sea, the I created the fish, and I can send them wherever I want to send them? May I use your boat? So what's the condition for the miracle is obedience. It boils down to obedience. So look at what Jesus does. And I believe, like I said this morning, I believe that what he did next is illegal. I truly believe that what Jesus did next, it's illegal. So think about this. The word of God made flesh needs the cooperation of the creation that he created to spread the word of God. Verse 2 and 3. Check this out. He saw at the water's edge two boats. Everyone say two. Two. Left there by the fishermen who were washing this, their nets, right? He got into one of the boats. Y'all reading that like sounds normal. He got into one of the boats that belonged to Simon. If you don't think that's weird, when you leave here, get in somebody's car outside. And when they come knocking, they'll be like, well, I saw that you were parked here at New Vision and, you know, we're brothers in Christ. So uh, he got on Simon's boat without permission. He hadn't called him yet. But when God decides to choose you, when God decides to be over your life and says, I want to use your boat, you have a choice to make. You either say, yeah, or you say, get off my boat. <laughs> he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to push it a little bit to the shore. Then he sat down and he started to teach the people. And this is, this is William thinking. Have you ever thought to yourself why, God, what Je why Jesus chose Peter? I can think of many reasons why he shouldn't choose Peter. One, he was violent. Nobody chops somebody else's ear off with, if you haven't been, ra you have been raised incorrectly. He had a, he had a dirty mouth. He, he would curse up a storm. He had no priest background. 
He was rough around the edges. A lot of people say that Jesus chose him because he was bold, right? May I suggest something to you? This may sound crazy. But what if he chose him because he had a boat? What if in the pre-Uber era, the word of God needed to spread the word of God and partner up with creation to spread the word of God? I think he needed Peter's boat. And he sat down <laughs> with all confidence, like if it's his, and he taught people from the boat he got in the boat without permission. He said, push it, and I'm going to sit and preach from here, which leads me to point number two, creative collaboration. So here's the creator in partnership with the thing that he created. Here's the word of God made flesh. I don't know if you guys remember, but this is a guy that can walk on water. Did Jesus really need Peter's boat? This is the guy that we read in Matthew chapter 14 that the, the, the sea was rising, there was a thunderstorm, and he just walked onto the sea and said, peace. So did he really need Peter's boat? If it would have been me, I would have been a show-off. I would have moonwalked on the sea and we're gonna start preaching to the people. <laughs> See, we need to understand that God doesn't have to use us, he chooses to use us. He doesn't have to, he doesn't need us, he chooses to. And here's the, here's the, the word of God partnering up with the creation and he, he says, I want to use your boat. I want to use her boat. I want to use his boat. I want to use your weaknesses. I want to use your testimony. I want to use your strengths. I want to use your finances. I want to use your calling. Can I use your boat? I don't need to, but I like your boat, bro. And I think that the devil influences us into believe that, God, but why my boat? Her boat is bigger. My boat is dirty and it has holes in the bottom. The water gets in. So why don't you use that boat? Scripture says there were two boats there. So he could have easily chosen the, the other boat. That's what the word says, two boats. But when there's a calling of God over your life, like Julina was sharing during worship, I don't know if you guys caught that, when he decides to choose you, there's nowhere you can run. His love is gonna hunt you down and is gonna bring you by the neck if he has to because he wants to use your boat. And you wanna get away? And you wanna stop this and I don't want, 
And God keeps reeling you in because he says, it's your boat. I like your boat, bro. And I, I just shared this as a personal testimony earlier. And I, I really believe that Jesus at the moment needed Peter's boat, but what Peter needed was the blessing of Jesus on his boat. Because the same thing happened to me in my life. This is testimony. I really, I really thought that I needed to give my tithes and offerings and my first fruits so we can keep the lights on, so we can keep these doors open, so we can pay the salaries. But then I remembered that God was God before I gave my money to him. That God provided the sea, that provided the soil, that provided the water, that brought up the tree, that got the wood to make the boat, so he doesn't need my boat. See, and when we talk about giving, and when we talk about tithing and sowing, we're not talking from a place of obligation. We're talking from a place of opportunity. When you enter into partnership with the Lord, he says, hey, listen, it's okay. I can get on the other boat, but I like your boat, bro. I want to use your life. And in this series, Waymaker, what we're doing is we're challenging everyone, everybody, young, old, to enter into partnership with the Lord. Because you can fish all night and not get anything. And it just takes one word of the Lord. It just takes one word for Jesus to, to overflow in such a way that your nets, your nets will break. And this is what happens in verse 3. There's a difference between obligation and opportunity. He asked them. He asked them. He got into one of the boats. It was belonging to Simon. He asked them. He said, do you want to do this? You don't have to because there are two boats. I'm pretty sure that if Simon would have said no, he would have hopped on the next boat. He doesn't have to. He chooses to. Still the question remains, can I use your boat, bro? Can God use your, bro, uh, your boat, the gifts he has given you? Can he use your boat for his glory? See, sometimes we have it confused and we believe that the boat is ours. And the boat is his from the get. Everything I have is borrowed. Everything I have was created for his glory. Faith is to push the boat into the deep waters even if you don't know the result. See, well, for Simon, Simon believed that this was going to be alone for a few minutes. All right, use my boat, get your little message across, get off my boat so I can continue. Little did he know that it became three years of ministry with Jesus and Jesus choosing him and telling him, oh, on your name, I will build my church. At the moment, it seemed like, hey, you want to rent my boat? You want to lease my boat? Little did he know that by saying yes to Jesus, it became ministry for him. See, he traded 
the fish to see greater miracles. He traded the boat to go and walk with Jesus and see the blind man see, as, as, as the, uh, the deaf ears come to life, the lame walk. He traded the blessing of the moment for the favor in the long term. And that leads me to my last point, which is connected blessings. So before Jesus showed up, the biggest problem was, what was the biggest problem? There were no fish, right? Still with me? The problem that they had was that there was no fish. They haven't caught anything. And the word from Jesus and his biggest problem became that the net started to break. See, God can use the very same thing that right now means nothing and cause it to break with such an overflow if you allow him to get on your boat. Verse 6 and 7. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to? Seven. So they signaled their partners. Signaled. See, when God blesses your life, everyone connected to your life gets blessed. When God decides to pour his favor over your life, everyone that's connected to you gets blessed. So they signal their partners. I was like, y'all don't know what's going on here. They couldn't yell. They couldn't scream. It was so much that they were catching that. They were like, and I imagine that they were like, come, you got to come. They had to signal them down to help them. And they came and filled, filled both boats so full, so full, that they began to sink. That's why the word says that when you give, it will be given to you. A full measure will be thrown into your life, into your lap, tight, shaking, and running over. So what happens next teaches us that it wasn't really about the fish. The boat began to sink. Verse 8, when Simon Peter, this is the first mention of Peter, he had experienced the miracle, so he was in transition. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord. First time he calls him Lord. In other words, he was giving him the keys of his life. He was allowing Jesus to be the Lord. He was no longer master. He was no longer teacher. He was Lord. When we hand over the keys, he becomes Lord. And I think that the struggle in our lives is we haven't allow Jesus to execute his lordship over our lives. Some of us stay at Jesus our savior, but is he your Lord? Jesus be my savior. Yeah, that's cool. Can I be your Lord? That means I have full control of every, I have full control of the boat. And this is a good posture. He says he fell on his knees 
and said, go away from me. I was sharing in the morning service that I have a lot of talk with my boys as they're growing up and they're asking a lot of questions. Shiloh asked me some questions sometimes. I'm like, I am not ready. Micah the other day asked me, if the Lord is such a loving God, why people die? Yeah, you know, heaven, you know, whatever, he wants, wants to take us to heaven, you know. And he's like, what's happened with the suffering of the family members here then? I'm like, boy, go talk to your mom. <laughs> uh, I got to prepare for something. <laughs> so I was talking to the boys and I was telling them, all right, so the boys are under the impression that when they leave the house with me, for some reason they think they're going to eat out. It could be due to the fact that I don't cook. So if they're exiting the house without eating and they're with me, more than likely the foe for foe. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. More than likely. And the other day we were driving and Mason was like, I'm starving. I'm like, you don't know what starving is. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, Bobby, there's no money. We can't today. Well, Shiloh's understanding a little bit the concept of you just don't swipe the card. The card needs to have fun available to swipe. But the other boys still don't get that concept. And they were saying, um, what do you mean? You swipe the card. I was like, Why do, the card doesn't have any money. And Mason says, put money on it, <laughs> which was logical, right? Man, it makes sense. I was like, uh, there's no money to put on it to teach them a principle. So we went home, and my mom, one of the things she does a lot, for some reason, she sends me a lot of pictures of us growing up. You know, boys have qu ask questions. Bobby, you had some hair? Wow. <laughs> Bobby, you were so skinny. Da, da, da. And I was showing them, and I was showing them also what we have. And I'm not talking about the material things. And I was telling them, boys, everything that we have, we don't deserve. None of this, we, we don't deserve. And I'm not talking about the financial. I'm not talking about the car. I'm not talking about the house. I'm not talking even about their clothes or their bed. I was talking to them about the opportunity to be part of a lineage of a priesthood family that for generations we've been a impacting people's lives, dating back to five generations back. I said, we don't deserve this. I said, you guys are walking into an atmosphere that has already been created for you. You don't have to work for it. Just like your dad didn't have to work for it, because I stepped into what my parents already established, you don't have to work for it. We don't deserve this. But what do you mean? The Lord loves us. I'm like, yeah, but he, cho he chooses to use us. And this is such a good posture to have. Verse 10 and 11 says, so James and John were around. They were his business partners. They were the guys that were leaving because we fished all night. They were the ones picking up that he had to call back. And then Jesus said to them and said to him, Simon, do not be afraid. The boat was sinking. Y'all remember that? Yeah. But do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. 
And this is the verse that got to me. So they pulled their boats up on the shore. And they left everything behind them. And they followed him. What? What? You were just crying and complaining about fish. They left. They left their present blessing for a greater blessing. And I felt the Lord ask me at that moment, Will, do you want fish or do you want my favor? And I think that many of us, when we pray for financial blessings, I think that we pray for fish and we don't pray for favor. God, give me more fish. Because I'm going to be so much better if we were able to make not $14, $15 an hour. Even if I make six figures, God, more fish, more fish. And the Lord says, you're not building my house or you're going to put it in a purse full of holes. Yeah. We don't pray for favor. We pray for more fish. God, I don't know if this happens to you, but this happened to me before. God, I promise you if I make more money, I'll tithe. God, if you give me more, because right now you know my life, Lord. You know that I'm, this is covering this, and, and this is covering. Lord, I can't be extravagant in my giving. And the Lord is like, don't you know that I created the sea? That I created the fish? That I can load your boat with fish until it overflows? It's never about the fish. With them, it was never about the fish. It was about the favor. God wanted to teach them a principle and say, anything that you can do, I can do better. And it's not even about what you can gain. It's about the influence and the impact I can have over your life. I said this morning that one of the most liberating things you can ever do is become a generous person. When you're generous, it is so liberating when you're able to understand that everything you have belongs to the Lord. Like, in my life, my Christian walk changed. It has nothing to do with me being a pastor. I always say this. This is what I do, not who I am. I am a husband, father, son of God, and then a pastor. But my life changed when I understood that nothing that I have matters God isn't impressed with my boat. He can walk on water. He's not impressed with my fishing skills. Because he can do poof and break my nets. And I tell Marianne all the time, she's like, yo, you, you got to relax on the, this. I don't, I don't care even about the shoes I have on. None of it is mine. The question remains, do you want the fish? Because he just demonstrated he can give fish. Fish is not the problem. There will be supply of fish. Just say the word. Or will you leave it behind for the favor? See, when we pray, 
We pray from such a selfish standpoint. God, give me. God, I need. And God, you know. Like, even, sounds even in a, like an accusation. God, you know, and I need. And God is like, you're too worried about the fish. See, Simon, let me show you. Let me show you what I can do. Poof. And it got so overwhelming that he was like, I get it. I get it. It was never about the fish. It was about the favor. And as we pray during this series for Waymaker, one of the things I'm praying for is for a change of mentality. I shared this with the fellowship, and I'm going to share really quick with you today. Check your gratitude. Eliminate the bare minimum mentality. If you have more complaints than gratitude, be careful. And be careful for taking for granted the one thing that was once joy. We take for granted today the very same thing that it was joy at one point. Oh, you know what? I can't serve because I've been fishing all night. God is like, take care of mine, I'll take care of yours. And trust me, I got you. And I preach this with a passion because in my house, in my life, I can't speak on anyone else. I can only speak from a personal standpoint. God has been so good. His favor, and I'm not talking about the fish. I could care less about the fish. I'm talking about favor. I'm talking about favor over my children. I'm talking about favor over conversations. I'm, out, I'm talking about favor of positions and conversations and, and circles the Lord has allowed me to access that, trust me, my resume does not qualify me for that. People that I've been sitting down and talking to lately that there's, n I don't have, I don't belong in that circle. <laughs> I, I don't belong. And if they really knew me, they will kick me out. Do you want the fish or do you want the favor? The Bible says that in verse 11 that they left everything behind. When they left everything behind, they left what, there was, what was familiar to them, fishing. They left their means behind because they left the boats. <laughs> and they left behind what appeared to be the blessing to follow a greater blessing. I believe that if you decide to partner up with Lord and you decide to allow him on your boat, the blessings won't matter because the overflow will be so big that you don't even care about them. Everyone connected to you will be blessed. And now you're, now you're chasing favor. And that's where it gets good. When, it, when, you, when your mindset goes from God give me to God allow me to experience that when you're in the room and people gravitate to you, when people call you because they need prayer, when something's going down in your office and they call you and be like, Clearly, what is the Lord saying? When your family members search for you as the rock, I'll close with this as we stand to our feet. I needed to go to immigration this week. Don't worry, I'm not going to get deported. 
Uh, your pastor was not born in the U.S. of A. <laughs> I was born in the Dominican Republic. And I've been in a, uh, you know, just updating my, my papers and all that. But I needed to go to immigration because I needed a stamp uh, because I need to travel while they uh, send uh, the citizenship, right? Um, and there's, I get there at 7 in the morning. There's a big old line. I'm like, Jesus, like, people don't sleep. And I'm talking to the people in the line, and two, there was two couples that were there for the same reason. I was like, okay, so it's, it's not out of place. You know, so I'm good. And the two couples were like, man, we have A, B, and C, so we're going to get our stamp today. <laughs> At that point, I open up my folder, and I have A and B. The, the C was the fingerprints. I'm like, I didn't read this online. I just thought I needed my expired thing and this, and I'm good. And I was like, I was going to get off, I was going to get off the line because but something told me, is it the fish or is it the favor? So I go in and I grab my number. I'm number like 30 something. There's three windows working. And they're calling people. And they call the two couples, one. And they walk out with a smile. Like, and I'm like, of course, they got all three. <laughs> and they call my number, 36E. I saved the ticket, it's in my car because it's a testimony. And when I walk to the lady, I'm about to say, I know, you know, you wanna, <laughs> you wanna put yourself up front, like, hey, listen, I know. Come on, that's right. good. The lady's listening to Tasha Cops. She's listening to, there is power in the name of Jesus. I don't believe in coincidence. And as I sit down, I hear the music. So I pass her the paperwork. I tell her, I can't help but listen to what you're listening to. I said, I was... Yesterday, I was, uh, actually two days ago, I told her, I was actually seeing Tasha live with Bethel um, at the Fillmore. She was like, no kidding, I was there too. She says, what do you need? I said, I came for this, but I don't have it. So I understand. She's like, you didn't have it. You're going to have it now. And she says, let me come back. She comes back and says, listen, walk through this door. I don't do this. I'm not allowed to do this. But we're going to go get your fingerprints today. In a process that can take three weeks, I walked right out with all that I needed. And it sounds like a very cute story. And it sounds like, oh, wow, wow, what a coincidence, Pastor. 
but I believe in favor. It was that appointed time, that appointed rep, that appointed moment for someone in the family of the Lord (laughs) to receive me and walk me through the process straight out of favor. So I got out of there and I called Marianne. I explained to her what happened. She was like, I got to pull over because I'm about to go crazy in the car. And I was, Lord, I, I will never doubt your favor. I've allowed you to get on my boat and I will trust you with my life. And I share that this morning and the reason this afternoon, the reason I share that is because we're sons and daughters of the living God. And I can spend my whole day here giving you testimony of time and time again where the Lord has made a way. In a situation like that, there was no way. But you know what? It's not about the fish. And I tell my family, I tell my boys when they complain, I was like, this is who we are. We've laid down our life for people. It hurts. People walk out, people speak, people hurt us, but this is what we chose. This is what we chose because he chose us. And we said, yes, our boat is available because I know that if we don't give him our boat, he will choose somebody else. And this, this morning, I'm praying for 2019, a year of difference in which we can be more trustworthy of what the Lord can do. Not what we can do, but what He can do. And as the music plays, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And um, the question still remains, can I use your boat? I can do more with your boat than what you can do. Allow me to use your boat, says the Lord. Join us next week for another powerful word. See you soon. Be blessed.